Welcome to the Screw It Podcast with the Joneses, Carlos and Jordan Jones. If you've ever come face to face with faith or failure, this podcast is for you. We talk about it all, the good, the bad, the real, the wrong. From relationships to redemption, from business to finance, race, religion, politics, injustice, and more. If you've said screw it to it, we're probably talking about it. Which will you choose? Join our host now, Carlos Jones and Jordan Jones for the Screw It Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Konnichiwa. I will go into a whole bunch of other things, but hey, uh, we are here with our brother, our friend, Pastor Frederick Casey Price Jr. He is an awesome, the first interview, man, we all, we forgot we ran out of time. And so we are back here for part two. Uh, if you want to know all of his accolades, make sure you check out part one because this is a continuation uh, of a dynamic program. He's saying stuff here you've never heard him say anywhere else because it's an exclusive to the Screw It podcast. And so uh, we're going to pick up exactly where we left off. Pastor George, what were you talking about? So, Pastor Frederick, Pastor Frederick Price, I was asking you a question. So I spoke about your dad, and we, we all know that your dad is a pillar in the community. He's a pillar of faith, and we do thank God for all of the work that he's done uh, for the faith. But Following his footsteps, those shoes that that can sometimes be so huge to feel. How did how did you uh, maneuver through that? How did that process go for you? Well, it was it was daunting because I thought I actually had to fill his shoes, mm-hmm. and then I came to the realization that I didn't have to fill his shoes. Rather, what would be more effective for me is to stand on his shoulders, and so wow. that's what I've been doing. I can stand wow. on his shoulders in my own shoes. Uh, I am not my father. I am of my father. And there will be a lot of my father in me and it'll it'll seep out of my spiritual pores. But I am Frederick K. Price. I am a different Frederick. And so uh, the Lord wants me to be me. Uh, and, and, and he's going to work through my ways and idiosyncrasies and personality to fulfill his purpose for my life. And for me to fulfill that assignment that he's given me. So it went from overwhelming to screw it. <laughs> I got a feeling like he needs to be on the <laughs> Now that's an awesome, man. I think that's a word right there, man, that we all have our own shoes. But standing on the shoulders, man, that's the, that is the epitome of every father that his child can stand on his shoulders. That he doesn't have to be like me that he can take what I've built, take what God has built through me and continue to to, to scaffold, build and build on top of it. That's awesome. Man. I'm, I'm writing that down, man. Thank you. Thank you for that that nugget of wisdom, man. This is good. Okay, the producer said we need to talk more about the book. So let's get back to the book. I just want to talk, man. This is this is good. I love your spirit, man. I love uh, uh, the wisdom that you bring uh, to the table. So let's talk about these angels, these demons. Let's talk about entertainment and pop culture and media, pagan deities and superheroes, aliens and UFOs, ghosts, dinosaurs, mythological creatures, and everything that we don't understand. Uh, you are the, the guru. You are the author. Uh, you've uh, tackled a, a great, great, great subject and topic. And I think it definitely speaks to those that are in this this particular uh, sphere or, or mindset or on this wavelength, I guess they are the vibration. You know, they use all type of words these days. Uh, so tell us what you want us to know. Tell us what you want us to know about the book. What are some things in this book that are near and dear to your heart 
uh, that make you your heart beat and tick? I, I really wanted this to be like a manual of sorts for the believer. You know, we have questions. What are angels? What's their purpose? Uh, is there a purpose that they have regarding me? Why did God create him? I mean, if he's God, it's not like he needed him. So, but we know God doesn't waste space. He doesn't waste words. If he does something, there's a reason for it. Uh, I wanted to, to talk about the difference between angels and demons because those terms have become synonymous for years in the church and they're not. And then I wanted to, uh, take a look at, and I've, and I've always done this. Uh, this is what I've done for fun. Uh, I study for fun. Uh, you know, research is just a part of who I am. So I've always had a curiosity about all of the mythologies of the various cultures, whether it's Greek, Roman, Egyptian, and are there any parallels to scripture? Then what I started doing was I started, I guess, paying closer attention to television shows and movies and, and even commercials. And I started picking up on things like, Hey, wait a minute. I, there's a scripture that I can that I can find right now that that correlates with that. So was the Bible their inspiration? I started asking these questions. And so I started, you know, doing my due diligence and doing my research. And I, I think the benefit for me was it was already a subject matter that I loved. And I know that there are people out there within the framework of the church that have that have had the same curiosities that I've had. And so uh, that's pretty much the purpose of the book. It's to just address, I wanted to address, not necessarily exhaustively, but kind of touch on everything supernatural and paranormal. No, man, that's 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 awesome because I don't know of many books like this uh, that speak to that. Actually, I don't know any book, any book that has it in depth and broken up into the sixes like you've got it, man. So I think this is great, man, especially because I have uh, tons of, of young people that I speak to that are, you know, highly invested into this Harry Potter and, 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 and uh, this paranormal, all of this stuff. And they talk like that, man. And they, 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 they're different. And to be able to say, Hey, here's, here's something that I think can help you kind of work through that and show you that everything that you're experiencing was stolen from the spiritual world, man. Everything that we see, man, was taken from our Bible and people like the Bible sucks. It's antiquated. Yet and still, they still go to the movies and some of their favorite movies are based off of biblical content. And we're like, you don't know that you are reading the Bible in the movies. Right. <laughs> they have taken it and they have run with it and, and you are you are consuming it. Uh, but it's not necessarily pushing you in the way of, of faith, but it's actually motivating you in a, in, a, in a way of fear. And so we we have to definitely be conscious and cognizant of that. Absolutely. Yes, sir. I think I think you're like me a lot, uh, Pastor Price. When I go to the movies, I'm always looking for the spiritual uh, behind it. I'm always trying to make that connection. It always happens. And so I uh, thank you for pulling uh, for pulling those pieces out. Now, in your book, Behind the Scene, first of all, I, I love the title, uh, Behind the Scene, because you think about scene as a movie scene, but you have it spelled out S-E-E-N, and that's the unseen and things of that nature. So I think I think that that is that's amazing. But when we talk about uh, behind the scene, what do you what would you say is the context of everything? Trying to show uh, the people what's behind the scene. But what would you say is the context of the book? Well, we know there's a spirit world and the spirit world is the real world. This natural world came out of that spirit world. Mm -hmm. So. You know, we 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 read 
like Act 7, just Act 7 as an example. You know, this is before Stephen, the first martyr, was stoned. And the scripture says that he looked up and he looked into heaven and he could see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Well, he was the only one who saw it. No one else did. So why or how was he able to see something that no one else was able to see? Well, Stephen was privileged by the Holy Spirit to peek behind the veil. And and what's behind that veil? I, Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 12. I saw things it's, that were unlawful for me to utter. And I, I walk away from that scripture with with two things. One is I don't have human words to describe what mm. I saw, but I also consider he he may have been saying I'm not even authorized to share with you what I saw. Yeah. So so we know that there's there's something behind the curtain. There is something the, the the veil of the natural realm. There's there's something more real and and more consequential, like I say in the book. Uh, in that world. And and that's that's the, the gist of it. That's why I cover all the things that I cover, because all the things that I cover, their root and their origin come from what's behind the scene, what's behind the scene world. Yeah, no, that's great, man. So. All right. So let's let's go deep. You ready to go deep? We're about to go swimming. We're about to, to dive in. Look, uh, is a spiritual battle going on and a battle for the human soul. And it, as pastors, man, I know that that's an area where we are really attacked. That's an area where we we uh, we're constantly fighting, battling something, man, internally, externally. Some of the stuff we can't speak about because other people may lose faith or they may criticize us or they may talk about us. And, and you know, we have to deal with it. You know, we have to deal with it with our wives, with our families, with our small group of friends that we have around us. Uh, one of the things that I, I struggled with early on was pornography, man. That, that was from the age of, of being a kid. All up until now, it's still those those things that I have to defeat, those times I have to put my phone down and, and battling that. And then even in my later 20s, I got into this gambling thing, man, and, and that really took a, a season and a toll on me, man. And so there's always this constant attack on our soul and attack on our time and a pulling on us, man. And can you talk a little bit about how you navigate through those moments and those times, man. I know it's a it's a, it's one of those tough conversations, but we deal with it. I mean, how how have you been able to navigate that through your time in ministry? I mean, it hasn't been easy. Uh, it's it's been frustrating. Um, it has caused me to not always uh, make the the wisest choices, the best decisions. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I stepped away in 2017, and and that was due to the the attack on my soul um it's interesting that you brought up uh uh pornography i, I was addicted to pornography yeah. like addiction yeah. and some would say you know some people don't even don't even believe you can be addicted to something like pornography the way you could be addicted to drugs or or alcohol but i'm thinking you probably don't think that because you're probably not addicted to it yeah because if you were like me and you've had moments and, and and it's an escape. That's how we look at it as an escape, you know, to get away from the turmoil and the stress and the anxiety of of this real world. Yeah. I, I need a I need a place that I can run to where I'm by myself, where no one is bothering me. And and pornography was that place. I mean, sometimes I would start searching for it at 11 p.m. Next yeah. thing you know, it's 5 a.m. The sun is up. Freya, what's wrong with you? You know, and that's and, and it was moments like that where I realized, OK, there's a problem here. Um, so so ministry became, you know, very stressful. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
and 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 my frustrations were like, I'm done with this. Like, I I don't need this. Uh, I can walk away from this. I got to be honest. I still have to. It's not as much. I still have to fight moments like that where I'm like, dude, I can do something else. I I I I think sometimes people think pastors need the pastorate. There are some of us that don't need it. We need to do what God's told us to do. And if that's functioning in the office of pastor, then so be it. But I mean, I don't need it to be Fred. So I've had, so I had these, these frustrating moments and, uh, and I need, I needed time away. I've been in therapy for three years. Um, and that therapy has gone from five days a week to now it's, it's once a week. Actually right now it's like once every two weeks for me, but that's where I was at. I mean, I was, I was in a, um, I allowed the heaviness and, and, and I, I would have been the first one to tell you, I don't stress. I don't worry. Yeah. But Jesus said, take no thought. Do not worry about your life. I don't do that. Be anxious for nothing. Yeah. I would tell you I'm not stressed. I would tell you I'm not anxious. I, I would tell you that my soul is fine. But if you looked at the fruit, yeah. why are you suffering from insomnia? Yeah. Why are you gaining weight? Why are you losing weight? What is what? Is, these are symptoms of something. Yeah. So finally, I had to address and take ownership of the only way that I can get rid of a care is to take ownership of the care because Peter said, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. So Peter first called them our cares. That means I have to acknowledge that I have some so that I can by faith, give them to God. So they're no longer on me. So, you know, I, I, I know the idea, you know, a pastor dealing with any kind of, of, of sexual immorality, uh, uh, a pastor going to therapy, like, bro, you don't want to supposed to be providing answers for us. And you got to go sit and talk with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess it was another screw it moment where I had to say, you know what? I, I, I got it. If you don't take care of you, you can't take care of God's people. Yeah. Nice All nice. Christian virtues begin with you. Yeah. Right. Didn't God didn't, didn't describe as Jesus. What's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he said, the second is like the first, love your neighbor. Most people don't hear that as yourself part. Right, yeah. If I don't love me, I can't love you. If I don't trust me, I can't trust you. If I don't forgive me, I can't forgive you. It begins with me. So Fred had to get Fred had to get his soul right. And the thing about the soul, man, the soul is, is it is, it's prime real estate for both the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Yes, sir. And that unsaved, unregenerate flesh is waging war against that new you that's that new spirit for control over that soul are you going to be spiritually minded or carnally minded so uh you know there were there were some escapes that i should have that i should have gone with healthy behaviors like 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 playing my video games reading my books mm -hmm. studying more those those should have been my outlets but i i allow frustration and 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 unhealthy thoughts to take up residence in my mind. And I, and I went a more unhealthy route and I needed, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't going to be any good for anyone if I didn't, if I didn't fix me. And, and it's still an ongoing process. That's honorable, man. Cause I know a lot of people that wouldn't have stepped down. They're like, no, I got to do the work. I got to do the work. You know, I can't, it's not, it's not enough time for me to be healed. And, and how many people would have been hurt? How many casualties uh, are there today? Because people won't take that time away, man. And I respect that. Uh, to be able to say, I need to step away and get myself right. You know, we need to write a book. We need to write a book on what stuff pastors should do so we can escape reality. Because that's, that's what Ampli was for me. That's what Roulette 
is for me. That's what the point is. I got to get out of here. Like, I need to, like, not right. focus on y'all, the issues and leadership and this program and this event and this this area. I just need to escape. And I need something that's going to keep my mind focused on something that I can I can escape with. So we need to do something. I like the sound of it. Yeah, yeah. Carlos, you know what's so funny? I don't know if you remember or not, but when I, when, when we first got in this office, you remember I was watching a video and I was telling the pastor step down and we watched and he was like, man, I respect that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it, cool. that's it, yeah. Was, <laughs> man, it's so crazy how I stuff, you know, and now I'm putting the piece together, I'm like, oh, that was. Yeah. <laughs> we, were just, we were just looking at so yeah. man, even months ago, we when, when we first watched the video, we were like, we commit like this is respectable. This is something that we would do if ever, you know, that came for us. Because a lot yeah. of times uh, pastors just continue to have that weight and they continue to put it on. And, and then they're, they're a wreck for themselves. And, you know, mm-hmm. God doesn't want us to be like that. So we even spoke about uh, you and that screw moment. We respected that. And so now I'm putting the pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. Uh, but, but what I want to ask you, uh, Pastor Price, because you're saying some really great things. Uh, there are a lot of people who, who have that fight between the spiritual and the flesh, right? We all have what would you say to someone who's in a battle and they feel like there is no light at the end of the tunnel? They feel like it will never, ever end, but they're really seriously, truly trying to get out of, of the slump that they're in. What, what would you say to that? Okay, so the first part of my response may be a little unconventional. Yeah, but I pray that you hear the spirit in which I deliver it. If you're in a battle, good. And here's why I say it. Yeah, yeah. Battle or a struggle. That means you haven't fully and completely given in to whatever the challenge is. If there's a tug of war, hey, that's a good sign. And now the goal is to equip ourselves with the tools to to get us to continue to go in the right direction. So Paul tells us in Galatians 5, he says, walk in the spirit or walk according to the new you, your new nature, so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then he tells you right after that, he says, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit lusts against the flesh. He says, they're fighting. They're going at it. Yeah. And then in the same passage, he says, the works of the flesh are evident. And then he tells you what the fruit of the spirit is. Sure. So the tools that we need are accessible. They're right there in the word. Individuals like ourselves, we're all pastors. And in my opinion, part of what comes with being a pastor, I'll say a biblical pastor. Yeah. And, th- and when I say biblical pastor, a biblical pastor is simply one who shepherds the sheep. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the questions you asked earlier about, you know, what what would I have wanted to change or, or did I think that there was anything that I wanted to change? You know, was it overwhelming to think that I had to f- follow in my father's footsteps? This this and everything my father did in ministry, you know, he he wasn't intentional. Like he didn't set he didn't set a goal to have lines. Uh, down Crenshaw Boulevard. Like that wasn't his goal. Uh, His goal was not to bring in millions of dollars. That wasn't his goal. His goal was not to be on TV. These weren't goals. He was given some assignments and he he, uh, fulfilled those assignments as best as he could. But all he wanted to do was please God and teach people the word. So as a biblical shepherd, it's our job, gentlemen, to shepherd the sheep. We care for the sheep. We tend, tend to the sheep. We protect the sheep. Well, uh, you know, in the process of doing that, um, we as the shepherds, there's some darts that we're going to get hit with. There's some bullets and some arrows that we're going to take for the sheep. Paul tells us that this fight is is constant. It's it's nonstop. But he also tells us the route to take, which tells me and to me, this is the first thing. If anyone is listening. It tells me that I can do it. 
Like I am able to, like if he says walk in the spirit, that means I'm able to. Now let's say I don't know how to do it. Yeah. At least I know I'm able to do it. Yeah. Now maybe I need to zone in on someone or some ones yeah. that have perfected to the best of their ability what it means to walk according to the spirit. Like I need some example setters. We as we as shepherds are supposed to teach people. I believe part of what comes with being a pastor is is the teacher as well. Like we're to teach, we're to feed the sheep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Paul talks about, you know, though you have many instructors, uh, I wish yeah. you'd have more fathers. Yeah. But he didn't speak against having instructors. Yeah. So clearly both the father and the instructor, which that could be the same person, or you could have fathers and also have instructors that are not fathers, but obviously both are needed. Yeah. So it's it's my job, it's our job, the shepherds that have gone before us, it, it's the shepherd's job, the teacher's job to instruct the sheep yeah. in basic spiritual practices like walking in the spirit, how to avoid falling into the traps of the flesh, yeah. what it means to not give place to the devil, uh, what it means to to submit ourselves to the word, resist him so that he can flee. We need some instruction in that. But to that person that's having a battle, I'm telling you, there is light at the end of the tunnel. We go through things not to stay in things. We go through trials and tribulations and tests not to remain in them, but to come out more more durable uh, with more endurance, patience, and perseverance. so, so it's it's something that I have to do. It's something that I have to go through. Wow, minute! I'm thanking God in it. I'm not thanking God for it, but I'm thanking God in it. Yeah. There is an exit. First Corinthians ten thirteen says there is a way of escape with the temptation. So praise God for that way of escape. The scripture also says there's no temptation uh, that isn't common to man. So what I'm going through, you two may not have gone through it, but the other person that we can't see right now is going through it, or what, or what. One of you has gone through, the rest of us haven't, but there's another group or another somebody that has gone yeah. through it. Yeah. So we need to find those examples. We need to find those those individuals that we can uh, imitate that have gone through the trial, that have gone through the battle, that have found a victory. We need to take heed. We need to listen and we need to do. Yeah, no, that's good. So let me let me ask, do you think that... Um, and this is this may be a controversial question. Do you think that the pastors that came before us did a disservice by not not telling us the personal side of ministry? You know, because there's always this hidden behind the closet for the pastors. Um, and I've seen it. I've looked behind the, the veil and it doesn't look good. But mm-hmm. for us, there was never a coaching. Well, for me, I was, there was never a coaching. Uh, and my dad was pretty open, you know, he kind of he, he kind of shared some things with me, which kind of led me to be a little bit more open. But I'm always conscious right now of, of showing pastors that are coming behind me that, look, man, there's a dark side to this thing. There's some struggles to this thing that's real. And you don't have to be pent up in inside of the idea of pastor and kill yourself trying to lead the right. people while you are are struggling. Do you feel like the generation before us? kind of did us a little bit of disservice by not uh, showing us how to kind of work with that. Because I know before it's always been a, you don't know nothing that's going on with the pastor. He just preached the word and that's it. But I right. think in those moments we were left without a plan on how to really work through some of these, these experiences. Yeah. I, I, I think to a degree, uh, to a measure, I wouldn't say uh, totally, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and my dad was 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 fairly open with me, uh, mm-hmm. but but it's like you got to find the balance in in doing it. And, and I believe maybe that's our generation's responsibility to find that yeah. balance. You know, what do I share? What don't I share? When do I share? Um, how do I share? <laughs> how do I? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's because not everyone has earned the right to know your whole story. And, and I, and I believe that there are some, like, I think there are some things about my father that I don't know and and I may never know. And it's not necessary for me to know. Um, You know, there's some, there's some privacy between he and, and my mom, some things that they possibly went through that they never shared with their kids. And there's no reason to do that. So that's why I say to a degree um, I believe that there are some things that the, the generation of pastors before us should have shared with us, yeah. um, pitfalls and, and things to avoid yeah. um, so that we wouldn't have to go through them or so that we would be more comfortable in our vulnerability, like it's okay to be vulnerable. Uh, but like I said, that's that's only to a degree, because I do believe that in, that in some ways there was openness, maybe in some ways there wasn't. And it's interesting that you use the word behind the veil. Um, which is, which is a, a definite, um, uh, synonymous term for, for behind the scene. Um, that's why I believe it's so important to, to touch on what's behind the scene because there is spiritual warfare that fuels, I don't want to say controls, unless it's just full on possession, you know, demonic possession, of course, that a demon has control over a person, but outside of possession, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a fueling that both positive and negative spirits, angels, demons, etc., cetera, uh, what they're doing fuels the behavior of us in this, in this natural realm. And, and so it's important to identify what that is. So that, that's another reason, you know, that the book was written, but yeah, I would say to a degree, in, 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 to a measure, uh, there was a disservice, not, not, not a complete disservice, but, right. but in yeah. part. We could have had a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. A little bit more. Like, like, like you didn't tell me I signed up for this. Like, like the heads up would, on this one would have been nice. Yeah. I thought we was reading the Bible, man. Uh, <laughs> we're going to read the Gospels and we're going to, no, man, that's the smallest part. Right. So, so Pastor Price, unidentified flying objects. I want to talk really quickly about these. Now, you speak about UFO sightings, and uh, I know that I'm taking the the, the, the topic to a different way, but I really want to ask you uh, about the depthness of that, about what you've seen, about what you know uh, concerning those UFO, UFO sites. Well, when I was young, a friend of mine, I, I write about this in the book, um, where my parents lived, there, there were no street lights. So uh, sometimes um, my friend and I, you know, we would just just look up, stare at the stars. And I kid you not, this one time, and listen, I'm I'm not crazy. Well, that might be debatable, <laughs> but, but anyway, um, I look up, I see this object, and the it's the way it's moving. Yeah. I'm like that that's not normal. So I look to my friend, and he's already looking at me. He says, "You saw that, right?" So I'm like, "What the heck was that?" I'm like, "That was not a shooting star. That was not an aircraft." Now I've never seen anything like it before. But it's very similar to the way others have described their sightings of these unidentified flying objects. But what's more interesting than that is that Ezekiel chapter one describes 
a creature a <laughs> called a wheel. In the Hebrew, yeah. it's an often. The plural is often. And the way this wheel moves, the description is literally the same way people describe unidentified flying objects. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm fully convinced that what people have, and I believe that their experiences are real, but they don't know they don't know how to articulate it other than it was an alien. Right. And when you think about the word alien, which means stranger, that's what angels and cherubim and seraphim are. They are celestial creatures, so they're strangers to our terrestrial terrain. Yeah. So, so in in that sense, they're aliens. The aliens that exist and the unidentified flying objects that oh. exist are these supernatural creatures of scripture. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I think I think that when we hear that word alien, because the word of God even speaks about. Uh, aliens, if the word God speaks about us being aliens, that this is not our home, things of that nature. Right. So I think that when you say UFO and you say alien, people automatically like, oh, phooey, right? But really, it, it's a true thing. I did a couple of research, a, a little bit of research on UFO sightings, and one thing that they say about those UFOs is the way of their movements is impossible for man to, to create. Mm-hmm. So an uh, airplane can only go a certain way at a certain velocity. Velocity When those things move a certain way, it's impossible for man to create. And that's how I see that. And so I definitely, I definitely believe what you're saying. I definitely agree with what you're saying. But most importantly, I believe what the word does. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Let, let, let me tack this onto that. It's interesting when Christians, they hear certain things and they're like, ah, that's make-believe. Or, ah, that's, that's fantasy. I find that many Christians are hypocritical <laughs> when it comes to the supernatural. Because, listen, you believe angels exist. You believe an angel named Gabriel told a woman named Mary that she would have a child without the aid of her husband. Yeah. We believe in the virgin birth. We believe in the immaculate conception. We believe demons can possess people, but we don't believe an alien could exist or, or witches or vampires are real. So we're like, we're like, we're like hypocritical in our, in our supernatural views. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We are, man, and that's uh, it's it, it's it's fun, man. This is it, it's exciting to be able to be on God's side because we see things from a diff, definite different perspective. Absolutely. I mean, I think we're, we're UFOs. Like, I'm different. I know I'm different. You know, right. I know I don't fit in. You know, to to the norm, and I, I'm okay with it. I've learned how to to be set apart, consecrated. You know, God has 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 taken His people, and He's done that. He called us, like He said. You know, we're not of this world. You know, we're not. Um, and that's and that's awesome. Let me ask this, this one last question before we go. So what what's up for you in the future, man? Do you feel like pastoring is the it? Is this all that God has put inside of you and you are living it out until that day of the Lord? Or do you feel like there's some other things that you want to accomplish? Is there some other things that you want to experience? Is there some other things that you want to do uh, before you leave this earth? Yeah, I, I, I believe there is more. Um I don't know when it's going to happen, but I believe some of the the roles and responsibilities that come with being a fixed pastor in a location um, may be relinquished to to whoever God uh, identifies, mm-hmm. which will give me the freedom uh, to be more of an itinerant teacher. Um, I believe I believe I, two things that I've always that, that they've just bubbled up in my spirit. And I don't know when the door is going to open. I believe the door will open. Uh, I don't know who's going to be the, the vessel by which it happens. But I believe I'm to be in the uh, in the institutions, the institutions of man, 
the, the, the college or the or the, the seminary arena, but not in the traditional uh, sense of a professor, um, maybe as a guest speaker or maybe someone that's brought in to someone else's class to specifically touch on a, a particular subject or aspect of a subject. Um, so I see that. Uh, I plan to write more books, uh, a lot more. Um, and then uh, I believe that um, there is a, a very specific role that I will play in, in Hollywood. Uh, and that's simply as a consultant when it comes to, because I believe more and more, you know, after we saw the uh, the entertaining butchery that was Noah and that was uh, Exodus, the, the Moses story. And I say entertaining because there were entertaining elements, but there was so much inaccuracy simultaneously. Um, but I believe that the the the, the world is, is going to be more and we're seeing it in the TV shows like crazy. They're going to be more prone and drawn to the scriptures to find content to create for the masses. Yeah. And and I believe that uh, a door is going to open for me to consult on those things so that the presentation is as accurate as it possibly can be. Um, like I'm not seeking any kind of Hollywood cloud or anything, but sometimes when I see stuff, I'm so frustrated. And I'm like, that's that's not how that was supposed to go. Like, that's not how that works. Uh, and so, you know, I, I'm like, Lord, I'm available to be that individual to consult with those creating a work that ultimately could give you glory. Yeah. So that's just a few of the things. Um, but I, I really have a, a, a desire uh, to do those things that I just shared. Well, let's call Tyler Perry. Let's get that going uh, and we can make that work, man. I, you said it here, man. So now it's out in the atmosphere uh, and we're definitely going to hey. see Thing, man, before we go to sleep, we're going to see this thing come into fruition. And that's awesome, man. And so we'll definitely be praying. I'm glad that we made this connection, man. I feel a kindred spirit here. And uh, I'm, I'm rooting for you uh, from Houston, man. Hopefully we can we can bring you out here and uh, post-COVID, you know, get you out here, man, and be able to meet your family. And, and we can relax and escape. We'll go somewhere where there's no okay. There's some so, construction that we can, we so, can do. So if, I, if I'm coming to Houston, I'm going to need... Now I've been to Houston a few times. Okay. Um, like I'm a Papa Do's okay. nut, <laughs> um, but, but but I need but see but you can get Papa Do's in Dallas. You can get it in Arizona. So when I come to Houston, I'm gonna need something that only Houston offers. I can't get anywhere else. Oh, we got we got we got a whole we got a street, and we're just gonna drive down the street. We're gonna stop at this place. We're gonna stop at the Turkey Leg Hut. Right. We'll go to the Breakfast Club. I mean, we we we've got you covered. Uh, and we'll make sure that that happens, that you get to feel the flavor of Houston, man. Uh, and we'll make sure we take care. Sounds like a plan. Well, good, man. Well, hey, uh, hey, if you guys are joining in, I know we talked a lot uh, about behind the scene, uh, but that's more conversations as we talk about it. Uh, definitely go check out the book, School. We deal with real stuff. Pornography is the first chapter inside of this book, and we talk about the relationships, and we talk about how many uh, times we deal with things on our own that if we were open, we know that we're all the same. And so I'm definitely grateful for uh, Pastor Price Jr. to be able to come out and be able to expose and talk about that because I think it's real, I think it's honest, and I think it's, it's, it's healing when we're able to release those things, man, and know that we can be the wounded healer, that even though we go through it, hey, guess what, at the end of it, screw it. We know that God's got us and God is going to allow us uh, to be who he's called us to be. Hey, so where can we get your book? Uh, how can we get it? You know, tell us how can we follow you? Okay, uh, the the matrix of truth dot com. That's where you can get the book. 
Uh, and yeah, you can follow me, Fred Price Jr. on, on Twitter or Instagram, Frederick K. Price Jr. on Facebook, uh, Basis of Truth on YouTube, and, on, and I also have Matrix of Truth on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, I'm a regular, of course, on Ever Increasing Faith Ministries and Crenshaw Christian Center. So you can see what I'm, what I'm doing over there as well. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That'll work, that'll work, that'll work. Well, great deal, great deal. Pastor Jordan, take hey, us on listen, out. Pastor Price, I want to thank you, man, for your heart, your wisdom, and everything that you've shared with us today, man. We, we appreciate you uh, for writing the book behind the scene. And we also appreciate you, man, for having that that mindset to say, I'm a challenger. I'm a challenger status quo. So we thank you uh, for your ministry in your life. Well, guys, that's all we have for today. I know that you're going to miss us, but until the next podcast, you know how we do it here. In life, we all go through it. Just do it. Screw it. Hey, guys, listen, do us a really huge favor. If any of these podcasts have blessed you, if any of these podcasts has encouraged you uh, to say screw it into some moments that point toward faith, please, please, please share it. Please tell others about this podcast. We know that the most knowledge that's pressed out, that means that we can accomplish the mission that God has called us to do. Amen? So please make sure that you push that out. Well, guys, we love you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Well, there is something you can do about it. You can love us right back. That's what you can do about it. And always remember, as you go about your week, to love, live, and lead. We love you guys. See you on the next podcast. (laughs) Screw it. Screw it.